Hey guys, Pete Mundo, thanks so much for joining us and uh, being a part of the show here on Facebook Live as well as on, of course, Periscope. And we have a great week of Big 12 talk here from week 13 in the conference. Once again, if you're listening on the podcast, please leave us that rating, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate you doing that and uh, being a part of the show. And I will send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in return. And all you have to do is send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. So let's go through week 13. We'll start in order as we always do. So uh, on Saturday, you had two early games. You had Oklahoma State, West Virginia. You had Iowa State and Kansas. And I'm going to be honest, um, if you are a Big 12 fan, now if you're a West Virginia fan or a Kansas fan, you should not care about this. But if you're a Big 12 fan, uh, and you want to see the conference, you know, maybe make a college football playoff, um, you know, get a bunch of teams into good bowl games. This was not going as you would have hoped for because Oklahoma State was str- struggling with West Virginia and Iowa State was struggling with Kansas. Oklahoma State and Iowa State, if they had lost these games respectively, would have been out of the top 25 and you would have had only. Oklahoma and Baylor as Big 12 teams ranked in the top 25, and that would not have been good for the Big 12 here in the final couple of weeks of the season. It would not have been a good look, even though those of us that watch the conference know that it's a very deep conference and, you know, any team can beat any other team on any given Saturday. The people that are, you know, supposed to be watching these games, they aren't. Uh, There's been a bias against the Big 12 this season. There's no doubt in my mind. And these two losses would have given them more reason to believe the Big 12 is not all that deep and not all that good. But Oklahoma State pulls out a 20-13 win after trailing at the half in Morgantown 10-7 and then 13-10 in the fourth quarter. So uh, you look at Chuba Hubbard, and, and that's where this all begins, right? I mean, this guy, early in the season, I said he was the best offensive weapon in the Big 12. I stand by it. And guess what else? It's not close. Like, OU fans jumped on me. They jumped on me saying, oh, well, uh, you know, if OU just had one running back, they would be just as good as Chuba Hubbard. Uh, no, that's not true at all. It's, it's just not true at all. This guy, this team was down Spencer Sanders, their starting quarterback, obviously already down Tylen Wallace, their All-American wide receiver. Chuba Hubbard's getting all the attention against a very good and underrated West Virginia defense. He rushes for 100 yards. He had almost 90 yards receiving. He did it all. And he is a total stud. Drew Brown was actually pretty decent. The backup quarterback, 22-29, two touchdowns. Most importantly, zero turnovers on the road. Uh, He was better than fine. I, I thought he was good. Now, I didn't see anything from Drew Brown that maybe believe he should be the starter over Spencer Sanders. I think Spencer Sanders has obviously come along this year. Uh, but this is a West Virginia team that's that's pretty good on the defensive side of the ball. Now, Jared Dagey wasn't great yesterday. Took a bit of a step back from that win at K-State last week. But this Oklahoma State defense has been playing really, really good football. They held West Virginia to 13 points on nine drives, a huge goal line stand. They held the Mountaineers to 26 rushing yards for 1.2 yards per carry. I know the Mountaineers have not been able to run the ball a lick this season, but that was a a heck of a defensive performance by this team. So on top of that, I was looking this up. You look at points per drive, which is 
a metric that um, college football is starting to use more and more, especially in the Big 12 where there are more drives. The points per drive is a number to look at. And on points per drive, Oklahoma State held West Virginia to 1.4, TCU to 1.8, Iowa State to 1.8, and KU to 1.0. Those are really impressive numbers. This Jim Knowles defense has just flipped a switch in the past month. And credit to Mike Gundy for a team that started 1-3 in the Big 12, has now ripped off four straight conference wins. Our guy, Dave Beal, he writes for us. He's a big Oklahoma State guy. I thought he put it very well on Twitter yesterday. He said, Mike Gundy seems to do his best coaching in situations like this. And then he pointed out, remember losing Dez uh, Bryant and Kendall Hunter and then going 9-3. I think that's a great example, a great analogy, and it is spot on. Uh, Mike Gundy is just one of those guys. Oklahoma State plays close games. But when Gundy's got his back to the wall, it's a cliche, but he seems to play and coach some of his best football. And it's something that is, uh, you know, we should be patting him on the back for. And he deserves credit for it because this team is now 8-3 and three going in the bedlam. And I know they don't have Sanders or Tylen Wallace, but, you know, OU has not looked great, all right? It has not looked like a championship caliber team here the last few weeks. So that game is going to be fascinating, especially since it's in Stillwater. Now we'll talk more about that, of course, during the week, but just something to, uh, something to point out there. West Virginia, I look at this team though, and I'm saying, hey, Neil Brown is building something. And I know I've said it throughout the year, but West Virginia fans should not be discouraged by this team, by this program. Yes, they need help on offensive line. The defense has been pretty solid on all three levels. You're figuring out the quarterback situation. There's some talent at wide receiver. Uh, but, man, I, I just, I'm still really buying what Neil Brown is selling. And I think West Virginia fans got to uh, – Got to be optimistic here about what the future holds uh, for this uh, for this Mountaineers program. Okay, Iowa State hanging on to beat Kansas 41-31. At the end of that game, Iowa State went for the touchdown instead of kicking the field goal when they were up three points. They score the touchdown. That was Matt Campbell showing an enormous amount of respect for this Kansas team, which is something that no one's really done in quite some time. Nobody's done it. Now, this would have also been a disaster loss for the Big 12 because when you look at how closely Iowa State has played some of the top teams of the conference, Baylor, Oklahoma, I mean, you know, they have played very close games throughout the entire year, and a lot of Big 12 teams have said, hey, this Iowa State team's a top 25 program. They've just been on the short end a couple of times, and I believe that's true. But if they had lost to Kansas on Saturday, that would have been a debacle for this team, and for the entire conference. So they hang on for the 10-point win. Um, KU going forward on fourth and five with, I think it was three minutes left or so in their own territory, down by three. Zero problem with that. Les Miles going for the win uh, on the road, being aggressive. The defense was having a tough time stopping much for the Iowa State Cyclones in that second half. Uh, and I have no issues at all with Les going for it on fourth and five in their own territory there. Unfortunately for KU, still, what, 11-plus years without a road win in the Big 12. But you think about the fact that uh, Matt Campbell, you know, was showing some respect for this KU team going for that touchdown at the end on a fourth and goal. I mean, that that was a that was a big deal. And KU, the defense wasn't any good through the air. Uh, they allowed 8.9 yards per pass, but they were good on the ground. 
Iowa State only had 3.3 yards per carry. So now Iowa State has not been a great run team all season long, and KU has been a pretty bad run defense. But they stopped the run. They just couldn't stop Charlie Kohler at tight end. He had six catches for 100 yards. They couldn't stop Martel Petaway, or LaMichael Petaway, excuse me. He had six catches for 96 yards, two touchdowns. And I'll tell you what about Petaway. When he transferred in, I thought he'd be a nice weapon. I didn't think he'd be what he turned into this year, which was in many ways, uh, in key moments, Brock Purdy's go-to guy and safety blanket. I didn't see that coming. I just didn't. But KU won the turnover battle, had more total yards, and Les Miles said after this game that his guys were sick. His specific quote, they were sick. They were absolutely sick. They wanted this one, and it was right there in position for them to take it, but we fell short. The fact that Kansas players are getting sick after losses tells you that this program is building something. You think about this game, which I know you know the box score is going to say it was a 10-point game. It was a damn close game. KU could have won this game. You look at the Texas game, right? I mean, KU has not just gotten that one win this year, which they have over Texas Tech. They have consistently, consistently been in games, especially as of late. Now, they've also gotten blown out sometimes. It hasn't been close. I get that. But they've been in more games than they've been in in a very long time. The mindset for this KU football program has changed. Uh, all the credit goes to Les Miles, and now it's going to be taking that next step, going from winning one conference game to winning, you know, two or three, and then maybe you get bull eligibility at some point. Uh, but but there is something building at KU. There's no doubt about it. There's something building at KU. But for Iowa State, uh, not their best day, but they did avoid disaster in this game on Saturday. So that's good for the Cyclones. All right, before we get to uh, Baylor and Texas, before we get to that, Just want to remind you and let you know about uh, what's going on here this week with our friends at MyBookie.ag. For this week only, MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250, and if you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, guess what? Congrats to you as well. MyBookie is going to give you all your money back. So you literally cannot lose if you bet against the spread up to 250 bucks on the Bears-Lions game this Thanksgiving. So it really doesn't matter if you're an experienced player, a first-time customer. My bookie has been great, and our picks, 5-0 and on Saturday. I'm not trying to brag, but we went 5-0 and on the picks. We're on a 14-2-1 and run. Um, so we are we are rolling on the picks right now. You want to get in at mybookie.ag. Make your first deposit with our promo code BIG12. That's BIG12. And mybookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of this risk-free bet. So guaranteed deposit match, risk-free bet for this week only, Bears-Lions. So if you're a true football fan, hey, we got a couple weeks left in the Big 12. Then we got bowl games. You also got the NFL going on. MyBookie.ag, promo code BIG12, BIG12, for your dollar-for-dollar match, 100% sign-up bonus at MyBookie.ag. All right, on Periscope, uh, Matthew writes, KU's competitiveness is much like Iowa State's in Matt Campbell's first year. You could see the difference despite the results of the game. I would. I see the comparison. I don't love it, though, and here's why. Um, what Matt Campbell was building at Iowa State, I'm not saying it was easy, but it was easier 
for sure than what Les Miles has to do at KU. Iowa State was down. KU's depleted. So I don't see KU taking that jump in year two that – I don't see KU taking that year two jump that Matt Campbell did at Iowa State. I don't see Les Miles – you know, winning 24 games like Matt Campbell's about to do over three years. I don't see that happening here over the next three years, but you definitely see that growth. I will definitely agree there, Matthew. No doubt about it. Throw any questions you've got or uh, comments, of course, on Facebook Live on Periscope. We'll get to them as well as soon as we can. Baylor dominates Texas 24-10. If you look at this uh, box score, or at least the final score, you'd say, oh, you know, Baylor won, maybe not convincing. Baylor dominated this game. This game was two programs in year three of a head coach. One was a blue blood. The other one was a scandal-ridden private university. And in year three under Matt Rule and Tom Herman, the two programs are trending in different directions and not in the way any of us expected three years ago. If I told you three years ago, right after Rule gets hired by Baylor and Herman gets hired by Texas, that one of these programs would be 10-1, and one, pushing a top 10 ranking, and playing in the Big 12 title game, would you guess it was Baylor or Texas? Now, I get Texas played for it last year. I understand all that. But in year three, if I just told you that, you would have said, no way, it's Baylor. No way, right? But here we are. Here we are. And Herman was shell-shocked in that postgame. This game was physical, physical, and more physical. Uh, unbelievable. And, and I seriously wonder, I seriously wonder if anybody at ESPN watches the Big 12. Uh, Desmond Howard on college game day, Saturday morning, he's like, I predict, I don't even know who we thought was going to win, but I predict a high-scoring game and either Baylor or Texas pulls it out late. What about this game did anybody in the Big 12 think was going to be high-scoring? I mean, Baylor's defense is not just the best in the Big 12. It is one of the best, most physical, swarming defenses in the country. Bravion Roy's a stud at, def- uh, at nose tackle. Uh, Terrell Bernard has, I don't want to say he's been better than Clay Johnson, but the fact that they haven't missed a beat without Clay Johnson and with Bernard in there has been incredible. The secondary is outstanding. Interceptions for Graylin Arnold. I was at this uh, Baylor-Texas game two years ago. Our buddy Donald Wright, a uh, big Baylor guy. He invited us to the game, uh, me and a buddy of mine. We went down there to Waco, had a great time, but Texas spanked Baylor that day, 2017. Here we are, two years later, and it's Baylor dominating Texas 24-10, to punching a ticket to a Big 12 title game two years later. Think about where these two programs have been and where they are right now. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Freaking believable what Matt Rule has done with this team and with this program. It is so impressive. Uh, When you look at the game itself, I mean, Baylor had some injuries on the offensive line, so keeping tabs on that and hoping that, you know, Xavier Newman gets healthy and some other guys there. Uh, On top of that, the Baylor defense, as I mentioned, five sacks, six tackles for loss, three quarterback hits. Uh, I thought Herb Hand, the Texas offensive line coach who came from, was it LSU? I thought he was supposed to be a genius. I mean, the offensive line for Texas stinks. They've allowed the most sacks in the Big 12 this year. Unbelievable. Uh, The one play that I would criticize Baylor for was running 
Charlie Brewer down near the goal line on that hard hit. Now, maybe that was Brewer doing that on his own. I don't know if that was a design run or not. But obviously, that hit knocked him out of the game. You were up, I believe it was 21-3 at that point. I'm not saying you shouldn't still play to win. Uh, but with the way that that game was going, geez, Brewer was was taking a beating. And he's taken a beating the last few weeks. I mean, he's running the ball a lot. He's done it all season long pretty effectively. But at some point, he was going to take a hit like that. And while Jerry Bohannon, the backup, I think has real potential, I don't want to lose Brewer for an extended period of time if I'm Baylor right now. So he was knocked out of that game. Not sure the play call, if it was drawn up that way, was necessary. But that's really the only thing I can uh, criticize right now for this Baylor team and the program. Denzel Mims, boy, is that guy going to be playing on Sunday. I don't, I don't follow NFL draft stuff enough to know. But whoever gets Denzel Mims is going to be getting a steal in the uh, in the NFL draft. And he, I don't. I don't know enough to know whether or not he's perceived to be a first-rounder, second-rounder, mid-round, bottom-round. I don't know enough. But <laughs> this guy's going to be playing on Sundays. This guy's going to be playing on Sundays. He's an absolute stud. And everything I've heard about him is that he's a good guy, too. So, you know, Baylor's playoff chances. Think about this, though. Baylor could um, be Big 12 champs, avenge their loss to OU with a top-10 win, and have a loss against a top-10 team. It's a pretty damn good resume. To, I, I just still don't see it. And it pains me to say, but I still don't see the pathway to Baylor making a college football playoff. Uh, it just it just seems to me like the cards have been kind of stacked against them all season long. The committee has not given them any respect. I don't get it. I really don't get it. Uh, because when I've got Des Howard saying on game day, it's going to be a high-scoring offensive uh, you know, uh, showdown, have you watched Baylor? Have you seen this defense play? The reason they lost to OU is because the offense couldn't get a first down in the second half and the defense got worn down. It wasn't because the defense struggled. They got worn down. And if you missed it, Tom Herman before the game was headbutting his players, bareheaded headbutting players who had their helmets on. If Tom Herman felt like he needed to juice this team up before they played a top 15 team on the road and they were sitting at 6-4 and four on the year, then there are some major problems with this program. Major problems. And if you told me two months ago, after Texas nearly beat LSU, that we'd be sitting here with Texas at 6-5, and five, trying to avoid a 6-6 six and six finish in the regular season against Texas Tech, and Tom Herman will be doing a post-game press conference, shell-shocked, taking blame for where this program is, I would not have believed you. Wouldn't have believed you. But here we are. It's crazy. I mean, college football is just a wild ride, huh? Let's get to K-State, Texas Tech. Uh, K-State winning this game 30-27. You know, let's start off with the losing team here. Uh, Texas Tech, four of their past five losses are by three points or less. A combined 11 points. The other one was a 10-point loss against Iowa State. Tech is playing close games despite the injuries and despite the fact that the team isn't very good. I know fans are upset, and if you saw Jones AT&T Stadium yesterday, an embarrassing showing for the fans there in Lubbock. No one was there. I mean, I, I felt bad on senior day for those guys. I really did. Uh, but this team is playing close games. They're playing close games. And you know what? They've had a couple of bad calls as well. Let's be honest. I did not think, uh, I did not think, oh, is that our boy Donald right there on uh, on Periscope? 
Will you be in Lawrence next week for the KU game? I will not. I'm going, uh, I'm going east to see some family. So I will not be in Lawrence next week for the Baylor game. I got to be honest, if I was in town, I probably would go to Farmageddon, K-State, Iowa State. That is on my bucket list. Uh, but I will be out of town for Thanksgiving next week. So I'll be monitoring everything from afar uh, next week for the final week of the Big 12 regular season. So K-State, Texas Tech. That controversial touchdown that was overturned. You think about that touchdown and the way the Baylor game, that was tough for Texas Tech. So you think about that. Texas Tech had some bad calls late in the game against Baylor in overtime. And then, of course, they had a tough call here um, late in that second half against K-State yesterday. I mean, a couple of bounces either way, a couple of better calls. Who knows if Tech gets a couple of wins there. But also, you got to point to Texas Tech and the fact that they had really bad pass interference calls Four penalties by the secondary down the stretch against a group of K-State wide receivers who are, you know, they're okay, but they're not great by any stretch of the imagination. Secondary was uh, a debacle for Texas Tech. The offensive line did not play well. It seemed like Jet Duffy was uh, running too much, scrambling too much, not because he wanted to, but because he had to. And the Tech turnovers have masked some of the issues on the defensive side of the ball. They've masked some of those issues. But the secondary lost them this game yesterday. There's no doubt about that. Uh, And they lost the turnover battle as well, which is something they typically had not done this season. For K-State, they get back on track. They get back in the win column. And Chris Kleiman just made himself officially the winningest first-year head coach in the Big 12 with victory number seven. This game was about coaching. As I watched this game with the eye test, while I was critical of of a couple of... uh, parts of how Tech played yesterday in the secondary and the O-line, I didn't come away thinking, eye test-wise, that K-State was the better team. I I didn't. I said, you know, Tech's Tech's looking pretty darn good. Tech's looking pretty darn good. But this game was about Chris Kleiman and the way that he has built this program back up and the way that he has coached these guys has been wildly impressive. Chabaston Taylor, by the way, comes out of the Witness Protection Program. Good for him. Uh, Chabaston Taylor, K-State wide receiver, is a guy that I saw at the 2018 spring game. Twenty, Not 2019, 2018 spring game. And I remember thinking, geez, this guy's a freak. I mean, he should have a heck of a year. Barely played last year, not playing much this year, but yesterday, three catches, 74 yards, the game-clinching touchdown. Uh, he looked really good, and I'll tell you what, um, if he can ever put it together, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but he is a great athlete who can put it together and can be a serious weapon for this K-State team. Now, last game of the uh, week in the Big 12, OU hanging on for dear life, 28-24 against TCU. Um, Jalen Hurts, I know I've been critical of him, but what can you say? The guy's been a liability. I, I know he can run the ball, led the team in rushing, yada, yada. I get it all. But a key fumble, an interception, pick six, Vernon Scott takes it back 98 yards to the house. I, this game was almost lost because of Jalen Hurts. The box score might tell you a different story. If you watch the game, Jalen Hurts almost blew it for OU. It was reverse of the OU Baylor game. OU goes up 21-zip, and TCU almost comes back and pulls off the upset. Now, at the end of that game, the first down call on third and one with under two minutes left, if 
OU had not gotten the first down on 31. They would have been kicking the ball, and TCU might have the ball, uh, you know, with a minute or so left and a chance to try to storm, uh, you know, come back and win the game. Terrible call. I still don't see how the officials figured out that that was a first down by Jalen Hurts on that carry up the middle. Terrible, terrible call by the Big 12 refs. But once again, they are Big 12 refs. I repeat myself. Um, do I think that TCU would have stormed down the field and won the game? No, because the offense wasn't very good. You know, Max Duggan needs to grow as a passer this offseason. He was 7 of 21, 65 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. Yes, there were some drop passes, but still, uh, he's got to grow as a passer. He was good on the ground, 12 carries, 92 yards, one touchdown. But no, I don't, I don't think it would have been a guarantee that TCU comes down and wins the game but they should have had a chance to do it, and they didn't. Now, if you think about this as well, TCU's offense did not get its first first down of the night until the fourth possession of the night, and that allowed OU to tire down this TCU defense early in the game to get up 21-0. I just, Sonny Cumbie, I, I don't get it this year. I don't get it. I know he's got a freshman quarterback, but you have Darius Anderson and Shea Lanalua are combining for just 10 carries on the night. Alana Lua finished with 19 yards. Darius Anderson had seven. Uh, Duggan did lead the team with 92 rushing yards, but I, I can't figure it out. A lot of screen plays and options late in the game. I, I, I know that Duggan's got to work on passing the ball, but at some point you got to take a couple of shots. You got Jalen Rager, right? I mean, he is one of the best players in the Big 12, in my opinion. And you have an OU secondary that's been sketchy at best for a lot of the season. A lot of the season has been very sketchy. But for TCU, it's their fifth loss this year by a score or less. And how many times are we saying that about Big 12 teams? KU, uh, Texas Tech, TCU, they're all losing close games. This conference has been so competitive. And now you have a lot of young guys coming back on this TCU defense, so watch out for this team next year. Now, TCU is playing uh, West Virginia at home. If they win, they'll be bowl eligible again uh, this season. They had to do this last year, if you recall. They had to win their final, I think it was like four games, to be bowl eligible, and they did it last year. They got to win Saturday against West Virginia to be bowl eligible this year. So uh, five outstanding games of the Big 12 this past weekend. Appreciate you guys watching. If you're listening on the podcast, leave us that rating, review, subscribe, uh, and we'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. If you do that, just send me a screenshot of the rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And on top of that, uh, use mybookie.ag mybookie.ag promo code big 12 for a 100% sign up bonus and free bets this week on bears lions thanksgiving day bet against the spread up to 250 bucks and if you win you got more holiday spending money if you lose they're refunding your bet you can't lose on the bears lions game this week at mybookie.ag you can't beat that We've got a preview podcast we're releasing midweek, of course, only on the podcast. So go find us there. Two podcasts dropping this week. I'm Pete Mundo. We're heartlandcollegesports.com. And we appreciate you guys very much. Thanks so much for joining us and uh, being a part of the show. We'll talk to you soon.